Thank you, Richard. Yeah, it's just lovely to share. It's not a, there's no such thing as a one-man band. You know, it's just like Richard's giving thanks for um, Jonathan and Brandon and Steve and our musicians. And it's just so lovely. You know, you, you share these things, share the, the giftings uh, together. And for anybody that hasn't already told me, I know it's not 2022. <laughs> I've been reminded, I got reminded by uh, my uh, beloved on the day home, and, he, and, yeah, and my, my, one of my ex-friends, Beryl, so, yeah, praise the Lord, yeah, but it's good, and, I, and it really is good to be here, it's good to be here sharing God's word, praising together, and like I said this morning, the most wonderful unifying thing is to meet together around the Lord's table regardless of any badge that's over the door, that you can come together in corporate worship around this table. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm so appreciative to see you that I, I've not lost out to the Antiques Roadshow or something, whatever's on tonight. Okay, so I'm going to share a few verses uh, from Revelation. Now, we say Revelation, but in your Bible it should say the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of of Jesus Christ and we're looking at chapter 2 <clears throat> and we read to the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands I know your works your labor your patience and that you cannot bear those who are evil and you have tested those that say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. You have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have lost, left your first love. Remember, therefore, from whom, from where you have fallen, Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Hallelujah. The Lord bless his word to us this evening. Have you ever noticed how increasingly uh, people, services, individuals, companies are being rated and assessed? Uh, if you work for the NHS, you, we have a yearly, um, it's like a, a checkup, see how you're doing, what your aspirations are for the next year and how you're going to go about it. And uh, all these, uh, it's a general thing in, in workplaces today, to be assessed uh, on how you're doing. Uh, and all the companies, Amazon, well, every time you get an Amazon pass, how did we do? Well, the one that goes on your doorstep, he gets a, he gets a thumbs down, doesn't he, you see? But, uh, uh, so a, a British gas, you, know, you make a call, when you finally get through to British gas, and they say, would you like to leave? <laughs> would you like to uh, take part in a short service? Yes, and then they don't ring you back anyway. And that's the thing, it's see how well do you, did we do? 
how well did you do? Now, one of the downsides to uh, the COVID lockdown was a sense, we, we tended to develop a sense of isolation. And I know that for those of you who, who lived alone, it was worse, obviously worse than ever. John, the disciple, the apostle John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was exiled to Patmos, uh, an island just off uh, what we now know as Turkey, which was then Asia Minor. And the enforced isolation had robbed him of his freedom, but not of his salvation and not of his faith. And right at the beginning in chapter 1 of uh, Revelation, uh, we read uh, that Jesus is speaking directly um, to his beloved disciple. And John says this in verse 10 of Revelation and 1. I was in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. What you see, write it down, record it. Write what you see, and what followed in what we know as Revelation was just a most incredible one-to-one between the Lord Jesus himself and his beloved John. And the result was these seven letters, seven letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor. And whilst these letters had a significant and a specific recipient, they also apply to seven stages in, in history. And they apply and I'll explain in a moment why they apply to us today. Well, first in line was Ephesus. If we think it's bad in the UK today, if we think, and if you, I don't know if anybody ever takes the trouble to look at Spotted Painting on Facebook, you'd think that we live in the most horrible place on earth. <sighs> Friends. But if we think it's bad you think about the conditions in Ephesus in those days. <laughs> Ephesus was the center of commerce and of culture and also of religion, inverted commerce. Dominating the city was the temple of the goddess Diana. Its followers were involved in satanic rites, sexual orgies, which they classed as services, and so on and so on. Prostitution and devil worship abounded. There was an amphitheater built that would seat 100,000 people that there would be daily executions, as it were, with barbaric lions. And into this place came the Apostle Paul. Into this evil city came the Apostle Paul. Along with... Uh, his friends, Priscilla and Aquila, they planted the first, the Christian church. They came into the city, and the weapons they had in their hand was the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that it? Is that all they had? The gospel, is that it? 
Friends, we read in Romans 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel, said Paul, but it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, the Jew first and also for the Greek, for it is in the righteousness of God that is revealed from faith to faith, for as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The power of the gospel, Stephen will tell you, the power of the gospel to change people's hearts. Wait, that lovely old song, uh, when no one but Christ will do, love lifted me. It is the gospel of our Lord Jesus that changes lives. It is the power of God. Some years ago, we were privileged to uh, go on a, a, a cruise in the Greek islands. And uh, it was a most wonderful time. And it was, how can I say, we, we arrived one day in Athens. And um, if we think, if you, if you picture... Uh, when someone throws um, bread down on the seafront and a million uh, seals descend or pigeons, well, it was just like that, only it was taxi drivers. <laughs> thousands and thousands of taxi drivers suddenly appeared. We take you, we take you, and my Jackie, she just said, go away. Or something like that. Very, in a very polite, but a very strong way, and they sort of scattered because when Jackie says, you do, you, well, you just do it anytime. <laughs> Don't tell her that. <laughs> and... Then we didn't know what to do. We didn't know. We had a day there. We wanted to get the best out of the day. And then two men quietly came up and said, excuse me, can we help you? And they said, yeah, well, what we've got a day in, we've got a day in port, and we would like to see the sites. We would like to see, uh, you know, the, the main things within the, the city. Is there anything particular you would like to see? And I said, well, I would love to go to Mars Hill. And suddenly this man said, Mars Hill, I will take you to Mars Hill. Mars Hill is the place where the Apostle Paul preached the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and transformed the religion of the city. I said, come on, go in. That's it. And uh, I just reminded um, uh, Jill last week that dear Ron and I, we stood on the top and we read on Mars Hill, we stood on the top and read uh, Acts chapter 17, which we heard the other week uh, here from John. Uh, and it was just an amazing experience. He went into Athens and he preached the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as the taxi driver said, transformed the religion of the city. So we press on uh, with Revelation. That verse 2 just said, the, I know, It is the Lord Jesus. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those, who are, bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they're apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. You've persevered. You have patience and labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Wow, what a commendation. That is absolutely wonderful. You have not become weary. Well, it, friends, it is quite easy to become weary. And like I mentioned this morning in the words uh, of, of one of my heroes, D.S. Moody, I often become weary in the work, but I never get weary of the work. Sharing the gospel, preaching, teaching, any kind of Christian ministry is draining. And, uh, you know, like we say, but... And we think, what's it all about? And at the end of 
Uh, Corinthians 15, Paul writes, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. There was two, I was leaning towards two uh, channels for, to preach this evening, and one was that about laboring in vain. So we think we labor, you know, oh, you think about all the times you've given out a track. By the way, those track boxes should be empty. They should be empty. There should be nothing there. There should be restocking. Um, all, the, all the opportunities that we've had to just share the Christian faith. What a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that we have. And so, nothing is done in vain. But the challenge that we have, the challenge today, is, is how the Lord Jesus sees us now, not how we were and not how we're going to be it's to see us today when we look back through church history let's make it very personal for this chapel here in Paynton what an amazing history what an amazing legacy that we have inherited today some of you have been here many many years others have come along later but what an amazing legacy we have inherited from the past of the time when the lord has just put his hand upon uh, upon this chapel and been so very very pleased to bless it that we cannot live off our past blessings the message that we're looking at today was applied to the period around about AD 100. First of all, the commendation that I read in those two verses, now the condemnation. First of all, it's a bit like the old good news and bad news. Well, this is the good news, my friends, in Ephesus. Now here's the bad news. Nevertheless, chapter 4, Revelation 2. I have this against you that you have left your first love you have left your first love uh, the authorized version of god's holy word say i i, I love how it right, reads it just says thou hast lost my first love you have lost it how sad to see this church that had been such an amazing testimony to the lord to see this and how they had departed from their first love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then from sound doctrine. Restoration begins with relationship. Peter, in his first letter, he said, even referring to the Lord Jesus, he said, even though you do not see him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you're receiving the goal of your faith the salvation of your soul i think that i just love those two verses from one peter in other, peter we look in the gospel and peter is always there he's the first to speak the first to act the second thing and now he can't find enough words you're filled with an inexpressible joy. You know, we could say, you know, oh, I've had a lovely meal. Oh, we had a tremendous time. We can use any kind of adjective to a particular situation. But Peter cannot find the right words. Inexpressible and glorious joy. The purpose of this is to grow in him, to learn of him, to walk closer with him, 
and to fall in love with him all over again. You know, there is nothing that you could do to make the Lord love you any more. And there is nothing you could do to make him love you any less. But we can. Our love goes cold. Our love goes, uh, later on, if you were to read the book, uh, the uh, account to Laodicea, what's got the Lord got against them? They're lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold. You're nothing. And I spit you out my mouth. Wow. That chills me, friends. That chills me. What a condemnation from the Lord. But here Paul is saying this. Uh, sorry, the Lord is saying this. This is what I have against you. I've lost your first love. You don't love me as you used to do. There was a bit of a thing on the... Um, uh, on the uh, Christian uh, Christian humor, uh, which we quite often look at on Facebook, and there was one, and there was a, a, an elderly couple, and uh, she says to him, "I love you," and he's silent. And she said, "Well, one," he said, "Look, I told you once. If anything changes, I'll let you know." <laughs> but you see that. But with with us, you see we. You know, our love for the Lord can go. We can be, as it were, through a given circumstance, any given circumstance, we can be under those circumstances. And our love for the Lord can grow cold. Our love can grow cold. To fall in love with him all over again. I found it amazing, you know, that um, the, um, the legal eagles... Um, always wanted to bring uh, to bring the Lord down the only people loved him until their uh, minds and their heads were torn but the Pharisees uh, the legal team legal branch of the of the holy huddle they were looking for anything and everything to bring our Lord down and they came to him one day um, uh, first of all the Pharisees had come in and they'd had to go at Jesus uh, and then we read in Matthew's Gospel, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in all the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind. Sorry, I turned two pages. With all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. I remember um, some years ago up in Manchester, and we were in the telephone exchange in Salford City Centre, an awful place to work. And at that time, the IRA had just bombed the um, Armdale Centre in Manchester City Centre. And uh, the man was stood looking outside the window and he said, Derek, what's the answer to all this? And I said, do you really want to Yes, yes, I want to know. And I said, well... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbour just yourself. What a load of rubbish. I said, no, no, hang on. You've asked me a question, and I've given you my answer. Because if people love God, 
they would have a complete distraction from whatever else. You know, you can't love and hate at the same time. And if our total love was for the Lord, and that we would love our neighbor, that's everybody else as ourselves. You're not going to blow up. You're not going to blow them up. You're not going to kill them, maim them. Where have you got all that from? I told him. But that's it, you see. And, and, and in a way, it, it might seem as too simplistic that the answer to this world's problem, the world get answer to the problem out in the Middle East, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and your neighbour as yourself. Is it too simple? Is it too simple? You don't love me and you don't love mine as you did at first. Remember when Jesus met with the... Uh, Saul of Tarsus on that Damascus road. And he said this, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And justifiably, Saul could have said, excuse me, I don't even know who you are. I've never met you. I've never seen you. Yes, I've persecuted people who claim to follow you, to believe in you, who believe that you're the Messiah, the promised Christ. But I've never seen you. You touch me. You touch, you touch my people. You touch me. Simple and profound. When the Apostle uh, John, when he wrote his, uh, his three wonderful letters, uh, and I, I just loved one John, it is so very, very special. And uh, he writes this, Beloved, if God so loved us, and we've seen the evidence in the table tonight, these are the emblems of love. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then just over the page, we love him because he first loved us. That's the right way around. We love him because he first loved us. And like I said this morning, and Richard's already quoted tonight, greater love has no man than this, than he lays down his life for his friends. Here, love vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood, where the prince of life, my ransom, shed for me his precious blood. There's a lot of talk going on today, and not a lot of applying that talk in a practical way. Years ago, there was uh, one of the uh, hit films of the time, uh, My Fair Lady, and there was one of the songs... Uh, in that show said, don't talk of love, show me. Stop talking about it, do something about it. Don't talk of love, show me. This is what the Lord Jesus is saying to Ephesus. Don't talk about it, show me, actually show me. Go back to the love. We have so much going for us. The freedoms that we enjoy in this country are in the, we're the envy of half the world, you know. There's no one standing guard outside our door. We don't have to be worried about carrying a Bible through the streets, having a fish badge in our car or on our lapel. But boy, do we take it for granted. We have so much going for us, yet the Lord has so much more. We think we've come to the end of it. We've only just started. So we're back in Revelation. And Jesus said, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember where you were, 
when we had this most beautiful relationship between you as lost people and me as your saviour. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember. Remember. We need to remember, friends. We need to remember what he has saved us from. You know, we, I, I love it. Like I said again this morning, that there is a, a place, I, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. Everyone who knows the Lord Jesus and loves him, there is a place prepared. We're going to spend together forever. And if every one of you, you know the Lord and love, we're not just going to spend a, Saturday, a Sunday uh, here we're going to spend together forever so we better get used to it while we're here shouldn't we really remember what he has saved us from though do we think about that think about what you were we were going to a lost eternity but remember what he has saved us to i will dwell in the house of the lord forever forever and ever the the problem is that we do have selective amnesia. We do remember certain things. You know, and, uh, you know, like sometimes Jackie will say, what was he called? You know, this is something from about 40 years ago. What was, it? What was his name? I haven't got a clue. Well, you should remember, do you? No. Well, but, but we, could we can remember certain things. We can remember certain things right back from our childhood, from our teenage days. We can remember certain things all the way through, but we have selective. We can't remember everything. We have selective amnesia. And our Lord knew this when he created us. He knew this. This is why the Lord's Supper, the Holy Communion, the love feast, this is why this has been instituted. Because he knows we forget things. We forget things. And this is why certainly this, this was done. No one should ever doubt the love of God for a second. No one should ever doubt his love. But when we remember, when we think of his great love, his amazing grace, I'm so thankful that Richard chose that again. When we remember these things, when we do this, there is something we can do. And it's the second part of that verse 5, Revelation chapter 2. Repent. And do the first works. And fall in love with him. All over again. The warning is clear. Do this or I the Lord will remove my lampstand. I will remove my spirit. I will. Jesus said without me you can do nothing. If Stephen or anybody else goes out onto the street. And their own strength. Without prayer. Without being bathed in prayer. They are absolutely wasting the time. They're better off stopping up and watching Good Morning Britain or whatever the nonsense is on in the morning. But he goes in the power, in the strength, in the anointing, the appointing and the equipping of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, repent, turn back to me or I will remove that from you. The message was clear. The warning was clear. Did they listen? Sadly, the answer was no. They didn't. The message could not have been clearly, more clearly, clearly presented to them. 
I commend you for these seven things, but I have this against you. You have lost your first love. All they had to do was rekindle, restart, rethink the relationship, the beautiful relationship that they had once had. And the answer was no. Ephesus lies in ruins. We wandered down through Ephesus and uh, it is nothing more than a pile of bricks here and a pile of bricks there and different archaeologists from all over the world they spend a little time and working off the pictures from the past read trying to uh, rethink how, how things used to be but it's not much more than an old pile of bricks at the moment in a very very hot country it's now it lies in ruins even now is just a tourist attraction the evidence to the reality to his words today the dominant religion of of the uh, area is 90% muslim john blanchard says a christian who stops repenting stops growing and finally in that verse 7 he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Churches. Plural. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Our passage began in that verse 1, verse one of Revelation 2. To the angel of the church. And now in verse 7 we have churches. Singular to plural. That's us, friends. That's us. It is so easy to go through the motions of our Christian life. But this, preparing this word, gave me a reality check. How much do I love the Lord? I know I serve him, but how much do I really, really... Yeah, remember when the Lord Jesus had to take his erring uh, disciple, Peter, to one side. Do you love me? You know I do. Do you love me? Three times he asked him until he had it really, really, till the Lord knew, yes, yes, I do love you. We, in Painton, we cannot change the world. We cannot change the world, but we can make a difference to be effective in this little corner of the vineyard, this little part of the globe that the Lord has planted us in. May we remember his amazing grace, his mercy, his love poured out to us here, even within this chapel, for so many years. And friends, I believe in my heart that he hasn't finished with us yet. I love that text on the back. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. If... We will listen to his word. And if we will return to our first love. Oh, gracious Lord, what a warning we've heard from your word. And we are so sad that the church in Ephesus refused to heed the warning. But Lord, we want to be obedient. We want to be useful to you and your purposes. We know the day of you, O Lord, is rapidly approaching. And we want to be useful and industrious to you. 
and we want to love you all over again. Oh Lord, speak to us, challenge us, but be pleased to bless us. In our Saviour's wonderful name. Amen. Amen.